Oh, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. If this meeting is being recorded, I'm getting off. He's getting out. <laughs> oh, he's getting out. Fuji Lala. That's going to be stuck in my goddamn head all day now. <laughs> Sorry, y'all dog, remember why Cliff John ran for president of Haiti and siphoned a bunch of money off his charities? <laughs> Wait, what? Remember that? Why Cliff? I vaguely nah. remember that. Yeah, yeah, man. Why Cliff got caught skimming a little off the top for Haiti? When was this? This sounds like some like two thousands like shit. Yeah, I think this was like. Remember, I think it was like the the earthquake, yeah. like twenty oh nine or twenty ten or something like that. I don't know. They might have been trying to get on my man. I don't know. I don't want to believe that Wycliffe's, you know, scamming. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, there are people like Killer Mike, you know. I wouldn't like to think that he would be uh, kind of one of the uh, the people drilling. Uh, he was Driller Mike was this uh, drill that was named after him that kind of broke land at some um, new, like, luxury condo, like, lot or space some real estate vulture got, man. So... You know, even oh, your heroes can uh, have flaws, man, and can uh, fail you sometimes, you know? Was he at the groundbreaking for it? Yeah, the the drill oh. was named after him, Driller Mike. That's what they called him. Oh, it. my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. Um, well, there's one, there's one group to blame for all this, and it's the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Why is that? I'm convinced that hippieism gave birth to the gentrifier. Yeah, if you that's true. If you yeah, you don't want to be known as Driller Mike, but if you're known as like Tiller Mike, you're just a gardener. <laughs> you're just a farmer. You're just a farmer. A tiller Mike. That's that's yeah. okay. He- healer Mike, you're a faith healer. <laughs> you're a faith healer. You're a shaman. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, Kriller Mike, you collect krill from the ocean. Yeah, you mean yeah. like the little shrimp? <laughs> yeah, like the little shrimp. Quiller Mike, you're into pins. Yeah, quills. <laughs> we could do this all day. <laughs> pillar Mike, he's an architect. Yeah, pillar he constructs Mike. pillars. <laughs> pillar. <laughs> oh, oh boy! Before we got on, Tom was telling me that. Is it? What did you say, Tom? In Italy, they've got mixed spaghetti at McDonald's. I don't think Italy. I think it's in the Philippines, but I'm not. I'm not even sure about that. To be honest. Wait, you said they have spaghetti at McDonald's? Mixed spaghetti. Wow. The mixed spaghetti meal. Well, uh, in China, uh, they got fried chicken uh, on the menu at McDonald's. So interesting. I, I don't know why. <laughs> there, I like. I like when there's like a chain. Like restaurant that has like, uh, you know, that has like, you know, you can go off menu and get like weird localisms. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a Dairy Queen in Flemingsburg, Kentucky, where you can do that. What's it's like you can order off their normal menu, but they also got some like home cooking there that that they you can get to. Like uh, squirrel shit. and stuff. Or is that a stereotype or anything like that? Did I just perpetuate <laughs> stereotypes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I fucking hate it when I perpetuate stereotypes. <laughs> um, Man. speaking of stereotypes, though, so um, uh, I went camping in Ohio this past weekend. 
me and my girlfriend, and we stopped in Cincinnati. And I stopped at like a tailor in Cincinnati. And the guy, the tailor, because I'm, you know, trying to get a new suit. And the tailor was this 82-year-old Italian man. <laughs> and I shit you not. Well, you know, that's how you know you went to the right place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, um, he, like, came out from behind a curtain, like, you know, fucking threw the curtain aside and came out. Like Oz, like the Mighty Yeah, Oz. and he had his hands kind of, like... Uh, you know, he was like kind of yeah, already doing like, the thing, like gesticulating. Yes, yeah. yeah. And he told me that the secret to long life is eating long spaghetti. If you eat short spaghetti, <laughs> <laughs> then you're done. Boys. Short life. Yeah, short short life. But long spaghetti, long life. Yeah, yeah. So when you're eating that bowl of spaghetti, you get that little like half incher. Like that's not a good. Sign. Not a good sign. Um, yeah. It makes sense because if you're. Or when they chop it up, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, you try to gamble with your life. Yeah, you don't do that. I mean, because it's like, it makes sense because if you stay active, you know, because you always hear about that, people retiring and then they die because they're not active. But if you're if you're eating long spaghetti, you're staying active. Yeah, wow. And um, you, uh, you've got a lesser chance of, unless you choke on the long spaghetti, in which case. Unless you choke on, well, who chokes on spaghetti? I don't know, but that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing, too, because if you choke on it, if it's long enough, somebody can just pull it out. You can pull, pull you out. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is the first day of the rest of my life. I'm only eating long spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> choke on it. No, man, I was, uh, there was a show that I watched about um, documenting people who had lived extremely long lives. And uh, I think they all had in common, like, uh, eating chocolate and uh, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> which I found, like, those two things don't seem like they'd be conducive to living a long life. But Apparently. Yeah. As a smoker, I'm halfway there. I just need to throw in the chocolate. Yeah. Right, you get the chocolate, you roll. <laughs> oh, yeah. Willie Nelson said that the key to longevity, and I thought it was going to be something to do with marijuana, but it's apparently eating a bowl of oatmeal every morning. A bowl of oatmeal? Well, I'm, good. Okay. I'm good then. You don't like oatmeal? Yeah. I, I, like I, gr- I eat gruel every morning. <laughs> you do, Terrence. You just <laughs> you just you eat like you're. Uh, they're keeping you in like some sort of uh, dead house in Siberia, like something out Dostoevsky. <laughs> <laughs> just it just eats like just plain boiled beans and rice and millet. Terrence got the woodland foraging creature diet. Yeah. Okay. I envy it. I wish I could do it. I mean, I should, man. My stomach is weak. As a as a weak stomach boy, I feel you, Terrence. Uh-huh. Not in, yeah, I'm the same way. I still throw caution to the wind, though. Yeah. Um, well, uh, speaking of spaghetti, um, I also got to see Serpent Mound this weekend. <laughs> Do y'all, do y'all know what Serpent Mound is? No. Yeah, so let me get this straight. You went and just tap danced on Native Burial Grounds, eh? <laughs> no, but I did I did think it would be funny. So Serpent Mound is like a 1,200-foot-long like mound effigy in Ohio. And I did think it would be funny if like for all these hundreds of years we thought it was an effigy to a god, but it was actually an effigy to spaghetti. It's just a yeah. long strand. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the wisdom of the ancients is that the key to long life is eating long spaghetti. And now all these like QAnon freaks look at like the serpent mound and they like come up with all these weird conspiracy theories. And really and truly, it's just an ancient Italian proverb. That's right. Wait, so is this, this isn't 
like Indi- indigenous like native american like like uh, structure in ohio right it is and actually so it's pretty fascinating actually um because like most mounds like this are as are as i understand it and i'm not an expert um but apparently most mounds like this are burial mounds but serpent mound is an effigy mound and it is shocking to me like when you go visit it all of the quotes that you see walking into the place are from white people. It's like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's like your, your entire experience at front at first is mediated by white people, by old, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of quote unquote archeologists and paleontologists yeah. that found it. Um, but it was really astonishing. Um, I had a dream about it before I went uh, and that's why I was like, I've got to go since we're going to be close to there. Um, it was a really, um, I, I don't know. I thought it was a really uh, fascinating experience. But doesn't it kind of feel like, you know, and I don't know. I'm Again, I'm not an expert. But doesn't it kind of feel like there, I feel kind of like it's an op in and of itself to say that like Central American and South American native societies and civilizations were like these complex really uh you know carefully arranged and and everything societies whereas like in north america it was like oh they were kind of just simple you know what i'm saying like that's yeah yeah they look at this dirt mound they were just simple people exactly but you go to that yeah yeah, you, you go to that mound and it's like this is really there's an aesthetic here, you know, and it's really impressive. Yeah. Um, it's a really technologically advanced thing, too. I don't know. I feel yeah. kind of like our education system has indoctrinated us to think that North American indigenous societies were just like, eh. But, like, yeah. the Central Americans were, like, they were, you know, whereas... It's it's oriented us toward a conspiratorial mindset. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right, though, because, like, the way we talk about the Mayans, the Incans, the Aztecs, you know you know versus like the number of tribes like you know in i guess the united states and sort of the history that we learn you know it's like you kind of revere like what is it el dorado like the city of gold and you revere all that but i guess what you learn about native americans in the u.s is like the trail of tears yeah. and like a history of like suffering and oppression and not great like archaeological or scientific accomplishments you know no i mean like i'm so i just finished reading thomas pynchon's mason and dixon and like oh, good book. the Mason Dixon line, which is it's pretty crazy, but the Mason Dixon line ended at the great I think they call it the Great Indian War Path, which was this incredibly um, you know, sophisticated highway system among American indigenous um, communities. Like, you know, something on the scale and magnitude of like the Silk Road. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, they talk about North American indigenous societies as, like, these simple, you know what I mean, like, relatively, mm. you know, isolated societies. And it's like, no, they had a very, like, I mean, I, I mean, this is pretty Part important. of that, part of that is they need us, they need us to believe that, like, uh, there was no genocide and slaughter, but rather <laughs> that we just got the best of them in a trade for land and, you know, trinkets, exactly. that kind of shit. Exactly. Like, they had no problem at all. Like, they weren't exploited and taken advantage of because, you know, like, they traded away, like, Manhattan for, like, some, you know, shells or some shit like that because they didn't have a concept of private property. 
Uh, Which is like, motherfucker, you think they didn't know what fucking seashells were? <laughs> you exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> like they had never seen a goddamn marble before? Come on. They were like, all right, you want this thing? Okay, just take it. Fine. Nobody yeah. owns it anyway. Go ahead. It, right. What's crazy, though, so they don't know who built Serpent Mound. Um, I say they, like the science community. I'm sure there are, um, you know, oral traditions passed down among indigenous communities that do know. Um, but... You know, one of the theories is that the Adena culture built it. And so I was, like, looking into, like, the Adena culture. And Adena is a word made up by, like, this white landowner in Ohio because he had a mound on his property. Like, this isn't the word that the natives use. This is a word that a white guy used to describe. I mean, it's just it's just astonishing um, how much of it, yeah. That, why, that guy, that guy... Bob Evans, founder of Bob <laughs> Evans Restaurant. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Well, if you get a chance to go visit Serpent Mound, pretty fucking tight. Yeah. The uh, the original uh, monolith and, uh, and I guess, ode to spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Before the Italians, man. Um, well, speaking of, yeah, speaking of spaghetti, uh... So Cuomo, he retired, or he resigned. He didn't retire. I'm sure he's not retired. <laughs> oh, no. What's his next act going to be, you think? Uh, trying to buy it. MSNBC. That's what I heard. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, who did God I hear that from? I heard it this morning. I think I might have just He's trying seen to it. buy the network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's trying to buy the network, man. Which, which like, I don't know. How much dude. money do you have to embezzle as governor of... <laughs> <laughs> you know to fucking buy a network but msnbc would be like i'm not saying perfect for him but like you know like it really this whole thing has made me think like how far it came you know like 11 women have came out and said that like you know he sexually assaulted them um you know his response during covid you know in new york like writing a fucking book about how we had gotten through the pandemic while we were still in the midst of it like it seems like msnbc would be like this sort of i guess uh lionization and rehabilitation i guess rehabilitation is the word of like these like shitty ass not just democrats but republicans too it seems like that'd be the perfect network for him man well you know well i I was oh god damn it (laughs) you get your funny boat Go, go hit my funny bone. Shit hurts so Wow, bad. put him on. Be the, the laugh at your page. Put him on Sorry. the DL. This man is on the DL. On the. Oh. oh. Um. I was just gonna say Cuomo might still be the president. Biden. I mean, everybody forget conveniently forgets that Biden has a very credible sexual assault allegation. That's. Right. Far in that's that's uh you know, I'm not trying to sit here and rank fucking assaults, but I'm just saying like if Biden can do it, Cuomo could rebound to national office yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean it's it's like I mean, you know, it's like a qualification of being US president is to have like sexually assaulted at least like three people, man. It seems like that's right up his alley, man. He really is he the got, Democratic Trump too. He really is, man. The, the audacity of him to say no, Cuomo needs to step down. <laughs> but just to get on on national TV and say no, Andrew Cuomo needs to resign. It's the only right thing to do. Wait, Donald Trump said that? No, Biden. No, did. no, 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 no. Uh, Biden. Said oh, that. Biden said that. Yeah. 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 yeah, man. Well, I mean, they were all quiet, you know, up until recently. You know, 
they weren't saying anything. So we'll see how long it takes for him to bounce back, man. Um, I mean, I, I think it's pretty crazy that um, I don't know. I was trying to like think about this earlier. Like, I guess in like an actual political system, one that wasn't completely just like moribund and rotted out from the inside, like sending tens of thousands of elderly people to nursing home death camps, like would be, I don't know, disqualifying. Like it's, it is insane. Honestly, like if you step back and look at it on the merits, it's like this guy's responsible for tens of thousands of deaths, if not more. But that was just not like it's weird. It's like we just consider that the cost of doing business. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. really wild. Yeah. It's so yeah. Fucking mass crazy. death is is just the cost of doing business, and then like uh, you know, I'm not saying that you don't take sexual assault or anything like that seriously, but it's like like there's a good many things to have hammered him on well before we knew about any of this stuff. Yeah, and exactly. right, and, that, and, I, and you know, and that was fine. Yeah, that that and that, that's basically what I'm getting at. It's just very interesting that I don't know. I mean, you kind of start getting a little conspiratorial about it. Like I, I'm house sitting for somebody right now, and I had the news on the other night, and I never watched the news, but I turned it on, and MSNBC was on, and it was like Mehdi Hassan, and he was talking about, um, you know, this shows that the Democrats still have integrity. Like, and he pointed about Al Franken and everything. He was like, whereas the Republicans, you know, he pointed out Jim Jordan and all these other people. It's just like, I, I don't I mean, know. It's just. I mean, it's like, you know, on the one hand, the normalization of like this mass death, you know, but then also the real time rehabilitation of Andrew Cuomo. Because, I mean, if you really looked at like, I guess the rise in COVID cases and deaths in New York, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't, I guess, um, attribute everything to just you know the governor even if he's an executive official but it's kind of like new york isn't doing too well man but it's it's like i remember the the the, on the late night shows uh cuomo sexual people were saying that they were chelsea handler i remember had a special where she was attracted to him because of his you know uh covid response but it's like people that were actually in new york and if you were looking at the numbers like he wasn't fucking doing shit, man. And especially as you were saying, Terrence, with, you know, sending all these elderly people back to nursing homes who had tested positive. Like, we were rehabilitating him and normalizing this mass death in real in fucking real time. In real time, yeah. All you have to do is be elected in New York during a time of crisis <laughs> and people think you're doing a kick-ass job. Let's not forget that everybody was praising Rudy fucking Giuliani 20 years ago almost to yeah. the day. Yeah. For his handling of 9-11. You know what I mean? Yo, hey, Bloomberg too, man. It's like, motherfucker, you came in at the tail end. You weren't even there for that shit, man. You weren't even there for that. Now, 20 years later, we got Rudy uh, jacking his bird while he thinks a teenage girl's getting ready to importune him. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous, man. I don't know, man. I think this kind of just proves, like... Like you were saying, Terrence, like, Betty Assad, like, you know these liberals that try to you know, create this, like, false dichotomy or binary between Republicans and Democrats. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, I think just Cuomo is, he's the Democratic Trump, man. It shows you that they're just different sides of the same coin, you know? There's really no, like, difference between them, in my opinion. To that Matty Hassan shit, it's like, uh, of course these people can grandstand and act like they got more integrity in these situations because their class interests align with the Republicans, so they, they don't give a fuck if they, they can sacrifice a couple of their own because they want to lose because they'll have something to run on. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. 
You know what I mean? Oh, it's like it's like it's like a zero stakes game for them because like you see how Pelosi and these people act when it looks like that like student loan debt cancellations getting some traction, they step in. You know what I mean? Like they it's just it's ridiculous. It's like oh the Democrats have you know they live by their standards. Like no, it's just because they don't care if like they lose a couple of seats in the process because like okay good now I got something to run on instead of just getting here and spitting out platitudes. I can say we need to beat uh, Michelle Bachman or whatever. You know? <laughs> well, what it is is they hold themselves in their own minds. They see themselves as the kind of enlightened despots. In the sense that, like, their leaders have to be morally upright. Um, but it's so fascinating, again, again, I, I just want to return to this. It's so fascinating to this that, like, killing tens of thousands of people is not a ding on your moral uh, standing, on your virtue. It is, it's entirely... I mean, you're, you're basically right, Tom. It's like they want to pursue all these other things, and so throwing a few of them under the bus when it's uh, necessary to do, though, allows them to pursue these other things because they know people are going to vote for them anyways. I mean, exactly. that's the thing. It's like That's how bleak it is. They know people are going to vote for them and that the people who do vote for them do care about this like thing about the leader <clears throat> being a ver- Unless it's Joe Biden, of course, then people don't mm-hmm. give a shit. Um, but I don't. I don't know. It's just a very fascinating uh, dynamic because yeah. I don't know. Again, like I said, they know people will vote for them. Yeah. When, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. You go ahead. Uh, when I was in New York, I, I mean, I'm not proud to admit it, but like uh, I used to work for the Dem. I mean, I talk about it all the time working for the Democratic Party in New York, and uh, I actually canvassed for Cuomo when he was um, running. I forget what year, but Zephyr Teachout. Yeah. I should have canvassed for her, but. Um, he was running, and uh, all the people that I talked to, man, like, fucking hated him. Like, I, I I met a handful of people that I remember, at least, that actually, like, had good things to say about him. But everybody fucking hated him, but they said they were going to vote for him anyway. You know? Yeah. And that's, like, a really bleak situation, man, when these people are, like, because of this sort of dynasty of, like, the Cuomo family and the fact that it feels like he's been in there fucking forever. And I guess people's lives don't feel like, like extremely like worse you know what i mean like it hasn't shifted that bad where it's like okay we have to get this fucking guy out but they're not happy though right you know but right. they don't know they don't know anything else so they just end up voting for this guy again so yeah yeah um well i can already tell that the democrats are going to be the main theme of this episode just by looking at <laughs> good thing tanya's not here or maybe it's a bad thing actually depending on what we wind up talking about today yeah, um, she would go the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about him anymore. Uh, but um, so, because the next thing I had on this list was the climate change, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report, the IPCC report. Um, they released a new report this week uh, with the overall message being that we can no longer stop some degree of global warming over the next 20 years. Um, Even if nations started sharply cutting emissions today, I'm quoting from the New York Times article about this, which people were mad about the framing of. Um, Even if nations started sharply cutting emissions today, total global warming is likely to rise around 1.5 degrees Celsius within the next two decades. Um, And uh, so I don't know. This this is interesting. We can take this a few different directions, I think. Um, One thing I did want to point out, though, was that uh as several people have pointed out um 
one of which was Kate Aronoff in The New Republic, that, uh, what is it, climate emissions are... Yeah, the Biden administration is now on track to um, approve more... uh, I don't know. Did you guys see this? Approve more, like, oil and gas wells than since the Bush administration? Here it is. Biden administration is now on track... (laughs) The Biden administration is now on track to approve more oil and gas drilling on public lands, activity that accounts for a quarter of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions than any administration since George W. Bush. Um, Climate envoy John Kerry has balked at the idea of committing the U.S. to a coal phase-out. Politicians who call themselves climate hawks are still going out of their way to make clear that there's a vibrant future ahead for the companies that funded climate denial. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, and then there was this clip of Obama going around. Did you guys see this? Where he was boasting about nah. how oil and gas production went up during his administration. Every year he yeah. was in office. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. And then he was is... like joking. You uh, say thank you. Yep. Yeah. Dude, this is so insidious because I remember when, uh, when one of the things Biden had promised. I don't. I don't know if it was the Dakota Access Pipeline, which I think Obama had said, "Okay, we wouldn't. We wouldn't drill on that." But there was some other pipeline, like that, was attracting a lot of like media attention, especially because organizers were involved in like making sure that that didn't go through. But he's like, "Yeah, we're not going to touch that one." But like in the background, like there's this opening for like so many other like drilling sites that people don't know the names of. They don't even know where the fuck they are. Yeah, and it's like. You know, you take this public stance against this one, but in the background, meanwhile, you know, nothing has really changed. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought it was really interesting. One of the one of the most interesting things I thought about about this was you have this report that comes out that says, like, we're locked into at least a 1.5 degrees Celsius increase over the next 30 years. Um, and then you've got the fact that the Biden administration is approving more oil and gas permits on public land. Since the Bush administration, they also made a press release uh, calling on OPEC Plus to increase oil production. And and so at uh, while all this is happening, you've got all of these tweets. It's weird, man. And again, I'm I'm really conspiratorial about this. But you've got all these tweets that are like, um, you know... Dis- don't despair like despair is counterproductive and that's what's going to stop us and it's like yeah I, I agree I-, I agree with that generally in a broad sense but how the fuck can you blame people for how could you blame them for despairing like look at this this is <laughs> fucked up <laughs> bro let me tell you something the thing about the thing about uh, people that know what it's like to be absolutely tray fucked is that we take we derive a little bit of pleasure from our doomerism in the face of an annihilation that's all but certain. <laughs> and here's the thing: it's like it's like we you were talking about the other day, Terrence. It's like the leadership that we have is getting like all these Instagram influencers to try to go get people like to get vaccinated, yes. for example, in the case of the pandemic. And it's like you're gonna tell me not to be a doomer in the face of that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Bruh. Bro, like I agree yeah. with you. I know it's annoying, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to keep it off the TL. Yeah. Honestly, what I mean, honestly, well, kind of what I'm thinking, you know. And follow me here. I have zero proof or evidence for this whatsoever. But yes, the White House did hire 50 TikTok influencers to like make these videos about going out and getting the vaccine. Um, and it's like you know, 
young Gen Z uh, people and um, they're hip and they're cool. And so then I like see all these Twitter accounts of these influencer type people also making these tweets that are like, don't despair about climate change. And it's just like, is this an op? Is this a Yo. messaging thing from the White House? Are they the ones? To, I mean, because in a way, it actually would behoove them for a you know mass movement of leftists to yeah to internalize this idea to not despair while things get worse and worse and worse and you don't do anything about it because that's how these yeah. things go well it's it's so bleak because it's like since the state is like so become so like emaciated and everything is like privatized and outsourced and culture is kind of what reigns supreme it's like everything like trickles down from that to culture so now culture takes this role that the government should be doing you know <laughs> right. like we have these all these tiktokers and influencers who are urging people to get vaccinated and mind you those people also like fall into like i guess like um, a certain political category at least people that pay attention to that Definitely. you know so the people that are anti-vax or anti-mask are not paying <laughs> no, attention they're to not this shit at all fuck. and dude well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something i'm gonna tell you something uh <laughs> yeah. gay gen z or tiktoker is not anybody that like the anti-vaxxers <laughs> are paying any attention to anyway I'm sorry, <laughs> man. It's it's also like you go get Trace Atkins on that shit if you really want to make an impact. You know? <laughs> it's just I don't know, man. It's just like this is an example of how bad it is. And I know I'm in Georgia, but I got vaccinated today. But yesterday I was calling around to see where I could get vaccinated, man. Because in a normal society, I would say like within half a mile, there should be a place where I could go and get vaccinated. Right. This one place I call, they only do the shit on Tuesday. You know, and they charge this other place like, oh, they're not sure when they're going to be. And it's like, I'm like calling and finally I found somewhere. But it's like, this is bleak as hell, man. Yeah. This is like, you can't rely on the state to do anything. And instead, everything gets outsourced to either fucking private companies who want to make money off a vaccine or fucking TikTokers, man. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Aaron went to get his vaccine and ended up in a a bathtub full of ice. One kid in his shirt of a pair. You're like with taking kidney, you get a va- you get vaccinated one dose. Yeah, You're in that same warehouse where Brian Camp hit all the voting machines from uh, <laughs> Stacey Abrams, but you're like one kidney short of a pair. That's the that's the warehouse in Atlanta they use for everything there. Trust me, it's the one warehouse. Um, oh, yeah, it's 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 uh, I don't know. It just it's I just think it's kind of weird. Yeah, I I don't I agree. You should not get so despairing about climate that you just get depressed and completely disengage. But look, everyone's disengaged anyways. And there's it doesn't matter whether me... So you might as well despair? Yeah, I mean, the me, the individual, it doesn't matter if I'm despairing about it or not. Personally, I'm not. I, I decided a long time ago that I wasn't going to let this make me depressed anymore. Um, but oh, I yeah. understand why it would make people depressed and despairing. Um, and so I just think it's very strange that there's this kind of concerted effort to use all of the same exact talking points and even, like, language and rhetoric to be like, don't despair, this is blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it's, I don't know, it's just like clockwork every time. It just feels like an op, I guess is all I'm saying. I Let me tell like, you something. Go ahead, Tom. No, 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 go ahead. Aaron. No, no, I was just going to say, I feel like the despots, like, uh, like encouraging us to, like, you know, not despair and not worry, like, usually, like, you know, is the precipitating event before, like, collapse and disaster, man. <laughs> it's like the calm before the storm, you know. Right, right. 
Yeah, just think about all this. Think about. I, mean, I don't want to get into the pandemic, or that's a whole different thing. But like, there's plenty of examples of this. I was watching the the thing about getting hip to what's an op and what's not historically is now you can't not see them. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Totally. I was watching uh, Long Strange Trip, that docu series about the Grateful Dead, and there's like this archival footage, and it's like uh, you got Bob Weir talking about how like they. Man, Hyde Ashbury was great because you could just move into all these Victorian houses for cheap and just renovate them and fix them up. And then, and then Jerry Garcia's like, "Man, we don't believe in revolution of any kind. We don't believe in like leadership or power, or confronting power, or hurting anybody. We just want to drop out and live a decluttered life." And I'm like, "This is why we have gentrification problems today." Yeah, the hippies the fucked it up. The ethos man. of a whole period was a CIA-backed attempt to use utilize culture to get people to be apathetic. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And at the same time breed the latest generation of people that like just move into well, like you know worn down neighborhoods and like run the prices up and weirdly yeah. enough my argument now is that they are actually i do kind of feel like now it is an op to not be apathetic but the point is and this is why there is a massive ngo nonprofit complex set up around this the point is, is that you should not be apathetic. This is what they're, you know, trying to teach you to do and trying to get you to do. Don't be apathetic. Engage in the political process. But as soon as you do it, you will be co-opted and sucked into these same, like, you know, machinations and institutions mm. that basically ensure that you are caring about the world and making the world a better place will amount to nothing. But mm. you will get access and proximity to power. And this is what I this is what I learned by working in nonprofits. It's a very alluring thing. They will keep you around and they will throw you a bone every now and then, but they ultimately won't change anything. And so that's why I do think it's very suspicious for them to you know, hire these young TikTok influencers and like try to get people to be engaged in the political process because they they can keep a handle on that. That, to them, is uh, advantageous for them. What they don't want, at this point, is for people to drop out of the process and not engage with it altogether, because then people start looking at the conspiracies, exactly. and then they start doing, you know, going down all... I mean, because, you know, we live in a different world now. We live in a world where all information is available at, the tip, at your fingertips, which was not the case in the 60s. And mm. so now it has to be right. managed in a way. And that's why I think... That's why I find it very suspicious that, suspicious that they are just en masse saying... Uh, you know, on one hand being like, what's this, the green dream or whatever, or Diane Feinstein mm. being like, well, when you tell me I have to do something, it makes me I think I don't want to do anything. On one mm. hand, they say that shit, and then, not, and, and then on the other hand, um, they're saying, well, don't despair, we're going to fix this. And Biden and Gavin Newsom tweet every time there's a fucking fire, like, there's climate change and we got to fix it. And meanwhile, they fucking approve more oil and gas permits. I just, I just, like, yeah. I don't know, it just it's fucking like drives me crazy. It's like the like uh, like the kind of lib I guess libidinal libidinal economy of like you know progress right like the idea that it's no longer cool or profitable uh -huh. rather like to be apathetic yes right? this is why all these corporations are jumping into social justice movements exactly you know, Black Lives Matter the LGBTQ movements the environmental movements but it's managed apathy in the sense where they want you to feel because it's profitable that things are going to get better without actually changing the underlying material basis and structure man exactly. and that's 
that's like being on a conveyor belt like that's kind of like or like a treadmill i guess you know like you have this illusion of motion and forward motion but really you're just staying in place well when i yeah. left nonprofits, i was like okay because i left nonprofits around the time that bernie was like i don't want to use the word ascendant but let's just say the most popular politician Surgeon. in america <laughs> I, and so i was like okay this is the natural progression of things like people are going to start drifting away from nonprofits and ngos and all these other things and start getting back into mass political action that's not what's happening. What's happening is people are getting more into the nonprofits and the Democratic Party apparatus and everything, and they are being pulled away from mass political action. We saw this with the protests last year. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're exactly right, Aaron. It's, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I mean, look at BLM, I, man. Go, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Aaron. No, no, go you're ahead, Tom. Right. Go ahead, you said look at BLM. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I think Terrence made an interesting point just about like how like your ticket to pro to to sort of your proximity to power is to participate in this system, and it's it's. I think it's true because look at celebrity today. It's like you have a bunch of like numb nuts on TikTok that are like probably more like Gen Zers and or whoever like these young people are more familiar with them than the biggest matinee idols of our time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I heard uh, it's, it's like uh, our whole orientation to like celebrity and, you know, which has traditionally come with access and everything. It's just like, there's a lower bar to entry these days. And I think that's part of that op mm -hmm. for sure. That like everybody and with, you know, just with the sentence of social media and stuff, everybody's kind of a celebrity. Everybody you know can be I mean? a celebrity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um Jeez, yeah. Yeah. Uh I I mean I, I don't know. It's um it's just an interesting an interesting thing. Um, it's, it's just parodic, man, at this point, you know. It it feels like something that I would see on like The Simpsons, you know, like or South Park where it's like it's so corny and obvious, you know, but like I mean, and it obviously doesn't fucking work, you know. I think young people nowadays can see through that shit, you know. It's not like these are inspiring figures, like you know, like of yesteryear, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. Well, on that note, and this will pivot to the next thing I wanted to talk about. This will be the kind of bridge to pivot to this next thing. Um, there was an interesting article in the Intercept a few weeks ago, um, called "Democrats' New Midterm Strategy: Knocking the GOP for Vote Against Police Funding." Um, Republicans vote against the American Rescue Plan, which released funds that some cities are using to hire more police, is now being used against them. So, um, and this kind of gets at what we're talking about. As the 2022 midterm elections draw closer, Democrats in Congress are taking on a new strategy, blaming Republicans for voting to defund the police. And according to Democratic aides, the change in messaging is coming straight from Office of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Um, Pelosi was instrumental in the passage of the American Rescue Plan, which allocated money towards pandemic relief, increased child tax credit, and expanded health care coverage. President Joe Biden signed the package into law in March. Given that every Republican in Congress voted against it, the bill is now also providing Democrats with new ammunition. 
localities have started to spend the first round of funds released in the package to hire more police officers, retaining existing officers, and keep other first responders from being laid off, which means that Democrats now actually have the ability to talk about specific localities where people are being kept on the police force, said one senior Democratic aide. And we're able to talk about it more concretely as opposed to theoretically. In addition, they added, the GOP response to the January 6th attack on the Capitol made it easier for Democrats to highlight the party's hypocrisy. Once Americans saw Republicans disrespect the officers who protected them on January 6th, it became a lot easier for us to point out hypocrisy oh on policing. Oh, fucking God. <laughs> what they don't understand. Before we get to, <laughs> first of all, we got to understand is that we've spoken about this before because Mitch McConnell is like the prime example. Yo, you can't make these people feel shame because they have no shame. Dude, I you can't know. point out hypocrisies because they do not give a fuck, yo. That's like a 2007 strategy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, like, that's, yeah. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Um, like, is anyone really going to believe that the Republican Party is, like, soft on law and order and soft on crime? Dude, like, you know what I mean? I know. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, like, sell that to people. <laughs> Well, and like this Cory Booker thing where he like thought he got a mic dropper on Tommy Tuberville. Oh, catch me oh, up yeah, on I didn't that. Hear about that. I saw yeah. I saw that going around, but I didn't look into it. What happened? Oh, basically, what it was is like Tommy Tuberville said something inflammatory about you know the, the Democrats not you know believing in you know or the Democrats believing in defunding police and all this kind of thing, and then he proposed this legislation. Which penalizes cities for defunding the police. So I guess Pound Virginia is getting ready to get hit even harder with fees and fines. Right. If it passes. And then, like, as like as a mic dropper, Cory Booker got on there and was like, showing how like, oh, look at us now, ninety nine to zero. We're all in lockstep on this. And like his big mic dropper was that. Tommy Tuberville basically baited him into va- voting for his legislation. Yeah. And, like, he thought that it was, like, such a good thing to show that Democrats weren't weak on crime. Oh, my fucking God, dude. And this is all in light of, like, last summer, you know? I'm just going to tell you something. Rosario it, it, Rosario Dawson don't need to be letting this motherfucker bust him Bro, how you go from, how you go from, yo, how you go from Eric Andre? Bro, like, you don't deserve you don't deserve no pussy, much less Rosario Dawson pussy. Wait, you ever you ever seen the shit the tweet where he was like they read a because uh, like he's a campaigning in a way and shit during the uh, twenty twenty presidential campaign and how he reads her I, I don't know what fucking book it is man but reads her some fucking piece of literature like every night over Facetime or something like that man I'm like yo that's some no pussy getting ass shit man I'm sorry dude as as if as if <laughs> tweeting uh, I'm in a I mean, I'm having an affair with my coffee. Uh, was it some no pussy getting that shit in itself? You know what I mean? Yo, that dude. Just, doing, just tweeting coffee jokes. Yo, he has to be the courteous like, politician a lot, man. I'm sorry. Um, listen to this quote from Robin Patterson, Pelosi's deputy communications director. As long Wait, Robert? Robin, sorry. Oh, okay. The actor. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when Kumar got into politics when he went to go work for the um, oh, that's right. for the Obama yeah. White House. Um, 
As long as Republicans lie about crime, we're going to force them to own their hypocrisy and explain why House Republicans voted to defund their own police departments, disrespect the officers who defended Capitol from violent insurrectionists, and against common sense legislation to keep guns out of hands of people who shouldn't have them. I mean, you see, this is why these people are fucking stupid, because this is actually perfectly in line with Republicans beliefs, because they do not want to give money to fucking the state or local governments. Yeah. They, they don't want to fucking give money to these people, you know. Uh-huh. So even if it means like, you know, like uh, cops or like, you know, firefighters or whatnot, it aligns perfectly with small government, you know, uh-huh. like it's actually not hypocritical at all. If you listen to what these motherfuckers actually say. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, this. This is just. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, yeah, I I wanted to try to read this thing in the Atlantic. Y'all know who Connor Friedersdorf is? No, thank God, I don't. <laughs> I can't. I can't read it. Um, of all the pundits and people out there, like he makes me grind my teeth more than anyone <laughs> I, else. I'll say this: I've never read a single word. Connor's Friedor. Connor's Connor's Friedorf. Connor Friersdorf has ever read, and I wasn't also in an airport waiting on a flight. <laughs> he's he's so fucking obtuse and stupid. Um, but uh, he wrote a he wrote a whole article about like how defunding the police is wrong and everything, or you know, bad and a liability for Democrats. And he was talking about this this thing that we just talked about how <clears throat> Democrats are trying to use how Democrats are trying to. Re- accused Republicans of defunding the police. And he says that... I fucking lost it at this. He said that a much better slogan than defund the police would be solve all murders. Oh my (laughs) fucking God, bro. How about we start with the murders of of unarmed black people? Let's let's start with that first. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Or at the micro level, how about... His murder of the fucking English language with the right to say it's like, we got to stop all murders. <laughs> Let's solve Epstein's murder. Um, that one's not going to get solved. So, Also, hasn't it like, like, I thought, I thought this is like a relitigation of like 2020, right? Like the down ballot races where I think it was, uh, I forget what, I forget what her name is, but Spanberger or some shit like that. She was a former CIA op. Uh-huh. Um, and she was saying how defund hurt the Democratic Party, but actually, no Democrat ran on defund the police. Yeah, you know what I mean, no, so they ran like, from it. <laughs> yeah, they were, yeah, exactly. They ran from it. You know, they also ran from yeah. fucking talking about Medicare for all, which is why these motherfuckers lost. You know what right. I'm saying? Well, it all goes back to what we were talking about la- this time last year. This exact time last year, which is that like, yeah, you have a few options here. Um, you could just embrace it which is what politics has traditionally been. If you have millions of people in the streets, you generally want to try to harness that rage towards some sort of political change. And so you could accept that and and funnel and channel nah, it into that's political some, that's change. some 20th century shit man you know you know <laughs> fucking that you know mass politics is not fucking does it you know translate to electoral politics anymore man right so that's some new deal type shit nah, i no, know man. we got know. too many people that's that's going to the ballot box now you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, do their, they do their they do their they do their fighting in the ballot box could you just imagine <laughs> yeah. though people just 
you know, pitchforks outside of City Hall. Solve all murders. Solve all murders. <laughs> Solve all murders. You're supposed to puss that. Now, that's some truly no pussy getting that shit. <laughs> oh, soft as hell. Truly. It? Soft as hell. Oh, I want to. Oh, I think you should solve all murders. <laughs> and after that, we're gonna do. We're gonna do five robberies. Solve all bank robberies next, motherfucker. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh God. Yeah. Um. Okay. So uh, this brings us to the next item on the agenda. Uh, something that you sent me, Aaron, I thought was very fascinating. And you can probably speak more about this than I can. Um, but I guess I can lay out the kind of uh, broad strokes. This is from um, The Intercept. Uh, and it's about the article, if you want to read it, is it's called Atlanta Poised to Approve Massive Police Training Facility Despite Public Opposition by Asia Arnold. Um, the city has given little room for public input ahead of a vote to approve the $90 million centers that activists have dubbed Cop City. Um, so what this is, it's a $90 million police training facility in the city's last remaining, last large remaining green space known as the Old Atlanta Prison Farm. Um, on June 7th, City Council member Joyce Shepard introduced legislation that would authorize a ground lease to the Atlanta Police Foundation for the full 381 acres. Um, that ordinance is moving through city council committees this week and is expected to come up for a vote by the full council <clears throat> on Monday, August 16th. Um, so uh, this is this is very interesting. What it is, and Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. it's a massive training facility for the cops, right? E I mean, it's exactly. a, it's a exactly. fake city. Literally, it's a fake yeah, exactly. city. Exactly. <laughs> it's a fake city, which actually they were already tr they were already using the old Atlanta prison farm to do training. But, of course, you know, the facilities that they want to build, you know, they weren't there. So they're just shooting at, like, old school trucks and, like, you know, just dumping bullets into the wall of the old prison. And, again, this is an old prison farm. Right. And also the last, like, kind of, like, you know, preserved green space in Atlanta, which, I mean, we'll get into it. But if, if they cut that down, like, a lot of the flooding in Atlanta is stopped because of these trees and their roots. So, I mean, this is just, like, just environmentally disastrous as well. So Yeah, um... Atlanta so cities are carbon um, I mean they, they attract a lot of heat because there's so much asphalt and concrete um, to kind of curb some of that you need a lot of trees and so this is a large green space that that you know will help protect Atlanta in the uh, fight against climate change um, exactly. And so, yeah, basically what they're, it's so meta. It's like, it's like, Nectic, it's like that movie Synecdoche, New York, except it's like <laughs> militarized. <laughs> they want to create, <laughs> yeah, exactly. create a fake city inside the city uh, upon which they can enact their cop fantasy, training fantasies. I think, so you had mentioned that they were already using it for training. Someone found a grenade um, you Jesus know, fucking close, close to there. I want to read here, though, this excerpt that you sent me. I thought was especially interesting. Um, the mock renderings of the facility, like they've modeled it out, include plans to burn towers, install new firing ranges, launch explosives, and a cop academy that the Atlanta Police Foundation calls the Institute of Social Justice. What the fuck is going on there? I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> That's some like Orwellian type shit, man. It yeah. really is. I mean, 
I mean, the thing too, you know, the article mentions too that like um, the Atlanta uh, Police Foundation they held like these um, these virtual, I guess, I can't even call them town halls because um, people that were watching it, residents were not allowed to speak. Right. So right. they were all muted and people were actually just holding up like, you know, placards or pieces of paper with their questions on it because like nobody like is actually like approved of this. And what's even worse is that like the city is going to lease it out to the Atlanta Police Department for ten dollars like uh, a year right. or some crazy shit like that. <clears throat> Meanwhile, like I, I think like a couple ten million of taxpayer dollars are going to go towards like creating this facility. So it's just I don't know, man. It's the classic public private private partnership that you know is you've been seeing Atlanta and other southern cities, man. Yeah. Except this time with fucking cops, you know. Um, <laughs> with a twist. <laughs> with, with a dark twist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the area actually used to belong to the Muskegee Creek tribe. Um, but before it was sold in a land lottery and used for chattel slavery and forced imprisoned labor, residents have found police grenades, which contain toxic chemicals such as lead, um, on an old firing range in the forest next to this. Um, I, something I thought was really interesting about this is the corporate sponsors. Did you read the corporate mm. sponsors for the Atlanta Police Foundation? Coca-Cola, yeah. Coca-Cola. Yes. Hell yeah, Coca-Cola. Hell yeah. Yeah, Delta Airlines, <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola, UPS, Cox Enterprises. I mean, uh, pretty, pretty fucking crazy. A ver, a veritable cornucopic <laughs> plethora of <laughs> bad actors. And, and Cox Enterprises also owns, uh, like that's our Time Warner cable down here, or whatever. Yeah, it's they're the yeah, famous yeah. family, uh, famous Democratic billionaire family, actually. Um, but. They also own the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So, like, you know, no conflict of interest there at all, man. Question. Question. <laughs> yeah. Is Bobby Cox the uh, Atlanta's manager? Is he, is he kin to that family? I don't know, actually. I do, that broke my heart to find out. I do know, uh, I probably should say too much, but I do know a member of, uh, of the family who is actually a communist, man. So, yeah, he fell very far from the tree, man. <clears throat> Thankfully. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, just I'm reading the Atlanta Public or Atlanta Police Foundation's website. Um, the new training center will reimagine law enforcement training, and uh, it will improve morale, retention, recruitment, and training for Atlanta Police Department and ensure that Atlanta attracts and motivates those most highly committed to careers in law enforcement, um, set a national standard for community engagement, neighborhood sensitivity, and devotion to the civil rights of all citizens by law enforcement. Just Bro, that, they just killed somebody in July, just, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, that sentence is insane. The devotion to the civil rights of all citizens by law enforcement. It's just like, bro, shit, fuck bro. Yo, they just shot some motherfucking July, man. Like, come on, yo. It's also funny that, like, your origins are in, like, denying civil rights. Exactly. Like, that's your origin story. <laughs> you know? Um, it will Dude, welcome the like, community. Go, go No, go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, Terrence. Please continue. continue. I was going to say, welcome, it will welcome the community to its public spaces, including walking paths, picnic areas, and working community garden and week-long farmer's market. And weekly farmer's market. It's just like, yeah, someplace I want to go and relax where fucking cops are yeah. shooting off yeah, so grenades. Yeah, tear that shit up anyway. Throw people's food out and shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, we got the Grateful Dead. Thanks for that. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is you can just do farmers markets, man. You can do whatever after it, that. It, it really is an astonishing example of how, um, like, all the forces of community institution, uh, you know, stakeholders and change makers and public art and all this shit has been used to naturalize the militarization of police. It says right here, facilities will include walking trails, uh, public access green space, 30 acres for urban farming, stables and 40 acres of pasture land for mounted patrol, modular classroom and administration building, EVOC course for emergency vehicle driver training, a mock city for burn building training and urban police training. I mean, just like multi-use gymnasium. It's just like, you can you can you can picture in your mind like the mayor coming out with all the heads of all the major nonprofits in Atlanta and all the business leaders and civic leaders and police and everything and saying, but look, we've made some mistakes. Some people were killed. It's gonna be okay though. Uh, every, we've got stakeholders now, and we've got some cool public art and and people writing grants. It's all good, right? It's gonna be all good. Bro, that is the number one problem with the whole idea of art changes things. Is all you gotta do is build a weird statue, and all the sins are forgiven in the community. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and you know what? Too, I will say that this is you know in like true like you know true Billy kind of dystopian fashion. This is perfect because it's not just called Cop City because you know it's gonna be this huge training facility, but like it's for cops to train in urban. I don't even want to use the word war zone, but like they're training like, you know, urban like fighters, you know, yep. like this is this is kind of indicative of like, you know, a future in which you have more civil unrest and protests where these cops are more than ever before are going to be trained to take people down and like, you know, a downtown populated area, you know, as if they were yeah. in like Fallujah or some shit like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, before they sent troops off to the Vietnam War, they trained them up in the mountains of eastern Kentucky and West Virginia right. and East Tennessee for the same reasons, Jesus you know? Christ. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. It, it, it is, um, I mean, you really kind of have to ask, like, do people really, you know, even in my most generous reading of, I mean, like, this is fascism, obviously, but, like, do people really think that this will do anything? Like, it'll solve any problems or help anybody? Like, yeah. uh, um, you're right. They're training them for a war, war zone because that is their mentality. That is how police see the world. Um, what do you think that's going to do to a community, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Yeah, from the city too busy to hate, man. Supposedly. Yeah. City too busy to hate. <laughs> Supposedly, oh, yeah. man. Oh yeah. Jesus. Oh man. fuck. <clears throat> um Well, so there's a I've still got a few things left on the list, but I mean honestly I can table probably a few of these for the Patreon for this weekend. Um I had a Dolly Parton item, but I think I'm gonna save that. Uh, man, I saw somebody driving with a Dolly Parton license plate the other day, man. I wouldn't take a picture of Cynthia, but she was moving down. <laughs> um, I saw Patton Oswalt uh, retweet uh, something that was about Dolly Parton and said that Dolly Parton's a millionaire instead of a billionaire. And you know why? Because she consistently gives her money away. Uh, and he's and then he captured it with be more like Dolly. That was Shade like, Ariana. Smack the fuck out of you, dude. You know it's Shade at Rihanna because apparently Rihanna's a billionaire now, man. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. Um Oh shit. Yeah, I so I had Dolly Parton on here, we can save that. I wanted to talk about App Harvest, but we can save that as well. Um the only other thing I had left on my list with a big question mark was vaccine mandates. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do we want to like, do we want to like, trod some interesting ethical territory today? How are we feeling? Yeah, piss people off. Yeah. yeah. How how weird? <laughs> how like weird? And uh, are we feeling right now? Just just testing the room. You know, I'm just trying to get us. I mean, because like, if Tanya was here, we could say the craziest shit and get away with it. But because it's <laughs> exactly because it's true. yeah, it's it's um. We could advocate for anything as long as <laughs> Tanya. But right. No, they'd be like, oh, I love Tanya. Happy she was on. <laughs> Talking about like, right. fucking killer babies and shit. Yeah, I'm sitting here giving a full-throated endorsement of Victor Orban, and Tanya's just cackling in the background. Everybody loves it. Right. But because it's us three, it's like, uh, how, how far do we want to wait into this? I don't know. It's just... It's fine. They're going to say they hate us anyway. Well, I got vaccinated, so, like, just so people know, I got my first dose today, so, I mean, but mandates... <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know I'm vaccinated as well, yeah. but I saw one thing that really that. made me... Um, I don't know. It's just like we we live in an era of of interesting ethical dilemmas, right? It's a trolley yeah. problem a day. Um, but really, though, I did see something that I thought was very fucking interesting. This is in the New York Times. Get a COVID-19 vaccine or face prison. Judges order in probation cases. At least two judges <laughs> in Ohio have made receiving COVID-19 vaccinations a condition of probation. While judges have leeway in setting such rules, it's a murky area, experts said. Um, so I, I just want to quote this judge here that thought this was interesting. On August 4th, Judge Christopher A. Wagner of the Court of Common Pleas in Hamilton County, Ohio, told Brandon Rutherford, who was convicted on drug offenses, that as part of his release on community control or probation, he must receive the vaccination within 60 days. I'm just a judge, not a doctor, but I think the vaccine's a lot safer than fentanyl, which is what you had in your pocket. Uh, the judge told Mr. Oh Rutherford. My fucking God, he said, I'm bro. going to order you within the next two months to get a vaccine and show that to the probation office. You violate, you could go to prison. Um, I don't Wait, know. I wonder if that guy's black, man. I mean, he, he is. probably. It's a, yeah, so yeah, yeah, there's a picture of him. He is. I don't know, man. Like, obviously, like, people should get vaccinated. They should get their COVID-19 vaccination. But we're talking about mandates. Especially against like historically disenfranchised, criminalized population, where you're putting more, you know what I'm saying? Like it right. just feels icky and weird. Uh, yeah, you should know? have should have thought about that when you was doing the Tuskegee syphilis experiments, <laughs> exactly. and you, if you wanted people to get vaccinated more broadly by mandate, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, uh, yeah. I, so yeah, I, I understand that trepidation, you know. And again, you know, it's like you said there. It's like, of course, people should get vaccinated, but like, there's very real historical reasons why people might be apprehensive in yeah. certain communities. The other part too, man. I, I told Terrence I want to talk about this a little bit, and it's like I saw this thing where, like, you know, the the singer Jason Isbell's making the rounds, like, because he's like, you know said he's going to have, like, you know, require vaccines to get into his shows or, like, you know, or have, like, a negative test within, you know, 48 hours or 72 hours, whatever it was. And it's like, like, bro, like, here's the thing. It's like, okay, good. You're looking out for the health and well-being of you, your st- people going to show, whatever. But also, like, this, like, weird grandstanding, you know what yeah. I mean, about, like, 
the fact's like like oh like oh sir like all these venues have like canceled the shows because like his personal band policy didn't jive with like the venue's policy, which mm. obviously these venues are all bought up by Live Nation and like right these like rapacious like fucking money making ventures and all this stuff. But like, well, don't get on MSNBC and act like this is at great cost to yourself. You know, <laughs> yeah. what I mean? yeah. there's there's like motherfuckers that like are seriously hurting now because, like, they have to road dog it all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. like, you missing a couple of shows is not, like, your profile's encouraged moment that you think it is to <laughs> exactly. move this along. Like, you know, just relax a little. A lot of it is moral posturing, man. I mean, like, you know, people will talk about how Republicans or conservatives kind of politicize, like, something that should just be about, you know, like, uh, like public health policy, you know, and social responsibility and whatnot. But... I don't know, like, not to, again, make it a dichotomy of, like, left and right, liberal, conservative, but, I mean, liberals, too, man, you know, have also, like, kind of politicized this, you know, where shaming people for not getting vaccinated, you know, and, like, again, when you look at, like, you know, disenfranchised populations, like, you know, black people, the black working class, it's like, there's a reason, you know, not just out of convenience or accessibility, but, like, like you were saying, Tom, like, historical, like, medical experimentation, those kinds of reasons why... You shouldn't be punishing or chastising people that haven't got vaccinated or feel feel wary about, it, especially given their material position. I guess you know. Well, and and, and, and that ain't me just like uh, pontificating from afar about the black community. That happened in my own community mm. when they were trying to get people like to get sterilized mm. because they thought they were like these horrible tainted bloodlines. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? It's just you know it's just like yeah. the eugenics experiments that happen and things. You know, it's like I get why people get like squeamish at the idea of oh yeah you know what i mean yeah. that said you know again without waiting too far into this because there's nothing you can say about it that hadn't already been said but it's like you know on the other end of that like until that happens like who knows what the end is here or if there is one you know yeah so. yeah i was hearing that people were talking about a I don't know, like a maybe needing a third dose, like uh, drug manufacturers, like possibly thinking about a third dose of the vaccine. Right. You know, what if this happens like every six months, man, and then the vaccines are no longer free, and then like you know every fall <laughs> season you got to get your COVID, you know, COVID twenty shot, your COVID twenty one shot. It's only shot. about thirty seven percent effective this year. <laughs> exactly. We guessed wrong. It's the Australian variant. Another another <laughs> couple million dead. It's all right though. Yeah. 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 Jesus, man. Yeah, I, I I think it's um, as an abolitionist, I don't think it's okay to send people to prison. Um, if and if I'm applying the standard universally, if I even think that about murderers and rapists, which I do, <laughs> it's complicated. Um, but uh, then I think that about people who aren't vaccinated. Like I think prison's bad, and punitive solutions aren't good ways to um treat what's wrong with a society whether it's a epidemiological crisis or um you know people you know doing bad things to and hurting other people or, or taking advantage of other people or whatever mm -hmm. um i think that punitive <laughs> solutions are bad and they have uh shown to be bad over and over again um so I, I don't know. I think, I, but I understand it's thorny. It's a thorny issue. I also, I think it's interesting that um, another big thing right now is like, should people be fired for not being vaccinated? Mm. And I, as someone who has been fired, <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> for, not, for refusing to take a vaccine. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Himself. Yeah. I I uh I I also have to say that I can't endorse anybody being fired for any reason. Um so I don't know. It's but it's uh yeah. it's it's hard, man. I mean, uh Yeah. As a worker of a like, you know, big against the people getting fired, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the thing the thing is, the thing about this is it's like there's really one only one way this is ever going to work is like we gotta, we gotta have, we gotta either pay people to stay home for eight weeks and pay them to get the vaccine, yep. and like do one last abbreviated like militant shutdown. Yep. Like uh, short of that, I just don't know if there's like, yeah. it's like it's. I think it's like you said, Aaron. It's like we're just gonna have to have our like annual, <laughs> yeah. But come, come Halloween, you're gonna have to like get your annual COVID booster. You know, yeah, oh, okay. whatever. No. I mean, so this like stupid ass like rolling shutdowns and like uh, easing is just not going to do anything. Well, it, no, you know? it feels entirely hopeless. I mean, it's an impasse that doesn't have any solution. Like, like we were talking about earlier. Like, you're not going to convince anybody to get the vaccine because you hired a TikTok influencer. Like, that's <laughs> that is absolutely insane that they would even think God, that that they, works. They... I mean, I don't know. But uh, can you imagine? They could have got. I guarantee you, they could have got more people vaccinated if they had paid them with what they paid that person. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, like a million dollars or some shit like yeah. that to just appear in a video. Yeah, dude. I don't yeah. know, man. It's it's just I don't know. Again, I think it's just an example of you know this emaciated like skeletal state that just kind of outsources everything to not just you know private corporations but you know individuals you know cultural uh cultural icons i guess man that's a uh, bleak as fuck well i mean i don't know if you i wanted to talk about it a few weeks ago but i kind of tabled it but i don't know do you guys remember this guy like his name was stephen Harmon. no nah, stephen Harmon. he was um what's that fucking church hill is it hillsong i think he was like really active in that hillsong uh church and is that is that even a church? Am I saying? Am I? Do I have that right? Yeah, it's like the ce- celebrity church that Justin yeah. Bieber's yeah. pastor that recently disgraced Pastor Carl Lance. Yeah, um, this guy, his name was Stephen Harmon, and he. Uh, I went down a really dark, dark rabbit hole because this guy, <laughs> he he had made a few tweets about. He was one of the first stories I saw about this now prevalent uh, media story. The, the media story being, you know, hi, finding a random person, there's a nobody, who mocked the vaccine on social media and then, like, you know, um, basically writing an Just article. them. Yeah, writing an article about them kind of dancing on their grave with this kind of, like, element of schadenfreude about their, like, demise, about them getting COVID mm. and dying. Like, his was mm. one of the first stories I saw because he documented his shit all on Instagram and, and Twitter um, you know, because he he did have some tweets and stuff like, and Instagram posts making fun of like the vaccine and people who uh, support the vaccine and all this, and then got COVID, and then like I watched all of his stories and all of his Instagram posts about him just getting worse and worse in the hospital, and he fin- <laughs> then he finally died. Well, there was like this whole like thing about like people like it was fucking very surreal and absurd and like this there was this whole thing about like um you know people kind of basically dancing on his grave and you know it's just like 
this guy's just a nobody, you know? I mean, he's not yeah. like a, he's not a celebrity. He's not someone with power. He died in like eternal, like, you know, cosmic shame. You know what yeah, I'm exactly. saying? Like, come exactly. on. You know? But like the pe- the way people in the comments were like, good, rest and piss. Just, I was just like, dude, <laughs> I was like, dude, this is fucking crazy. Like, it just reminded me of. Bro, the- you can't say rest and piss to a nobody. I'm sorry. I, yeah, it's I mean, just like- callous. You can only say rest and piss to like Lindsey Graham or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I understand, like. If you're, um, yeah, immunocompromised and or you had someone die from COVID or anything, like, this is all raw. This is all very personal yeah, and raw. I'm not saying people like, aren't assholes at, at all. Um, but, like, but at the same time, it's, like, the way that, like, there was this kind of, like, dogpile on him, like, <laughs> just not productive. It's just not productive. He was, he was dead. <laughs> they were just, like, and that was just, like, honestly, what it mirrored in my mind the closest parallel was like how liberals will do this thing um like you saw this a lot after the 2016 election where like a reporter would go to Kentucky and find just the most like broke dick mother holler motherfucker <laughs> who was about to lose their like Medicaid expansion or whatever and just be like you voted for Trump how does it feel exactly. now motherfucker and it was, it was just like that kind of reporting and it's just, and yeah. and it's just like it, and the way that people were dancing on his grave reminded me of the way that people talk about people in like red states. We're just like exactly. Just like, well, y'all deserve yeah, y'all exactly. voted for this motherfucker. Any Bush now, bitch. It's of, just course, like, of, of course, of course, the great irony of of like sort of the liberal grandstanding about all these people that don't get vaccinated that are putting people's lives in danger is all their daddies and heroes are fucking war criminals. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, Barack, I'm sorry, Barack Obama has killed more people directly with die with his own hand <laughs> than any anti-vaxxer that you are like sitting there telling the rest in piss because they got COVID Dude, died. You're, and it's you're like, exactly right. Like a sense of perspective is really needed here. Yeah, yeah. you shouldn't yeah. be the arbiter of like fucking like, you know, who is right or wrong or moral or unjust. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also the thing that I keep thinking about over and over returning, the thing that I keep returning to is like, yeah, okay, if if you were to really press me on this, yeah, the, the anti-vaxxer people, they do annoy me and like, you know, yeah. if, um, you know, gun to my head, yes, I wouldn't choose, course. I wouldn't like choose to hang out with them or whatever, but like what I'm really thinking about here is like if this pandemic stuff ever ends, if it's ever over, which is a big if at this point, <laughs> but if it's ever over, do you think that any of these people are going to forget any of this? Like if we're talking about future organizing or trying to build some mass movement, all of these wounds and things that we said and did are going to remain and there, yeah. no one is going to forget any of this. So it's just like, yeah, like I understand that all, again, all of this is raw and it's painful and it's traumatic and everything, but like, if we're political people, tr- revolutionaries trying to change the world, we really need to keep that in perspective in mind. Just like uh, maybe don't like you know I don't know like get out there and tell yeah just nobody's like rest and piss for like their but I mean but at the same time like me saying this doesn't matter. It's all so far beyond any anything any of us can yeah. do. You know yeah. all of this was written in stone from the fu- <laughs> like thirty fucking years ago. You know like this yeah, fucking this, matter. This dude this exactly. is like. 
I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, and I said, "Yeah, this is like the most least. This is like the least surprising result. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You could imagine, and it, it's the like, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This shit has been in motion before I was even born, man. Oh yeah, so like you, you were saying something earlier, Terrence. Like, I mean, a lot of it has been to me due to me not being on Twitter, but I don't wake up as angry anymore." Like, I don't, like, you know, I'm not as invested in, like, you know, local news for sure, but national news, politics. And, you know, it kind of made my piece. I have to remember that I made my piece long ago that, like, man, this is it, you know? Yeah. This is in it, and what happens, happens. And it's kind of a bizarre to think that I alone can change anything, or, uh-huh. you know, this podcast can change anything, or any platform anyone has can change anything. I mean, you yeah. know, it's not really up to me or us, right? Yeah, that is kind of what I've been feeling like. I was already kind of feeling that before the pandemic, but really in the last, like, six months, especially with the politics around the vaccine and everything, I'm like, bro, our fate was sealed. Like, the moment, uh... You know, Ronald Reagan walked in the office. The moment those, like, regulators in New York decided to fucking, you know, like, not yeah, bail out bail New York City. Out City out. Yeah, like, the, mo- out, yeah. the moment the Twin Towers fell. Like, just pick yeah. any fucking event of the last 40. The, the moment, moment the Soviet Union Exactly, fell. the moment actually existing so- socialism stopped. I mean, just like. Fidel Castro dying and these snakes thinking they can slide in there and right. finally disgrace Cuba. Exactly. It's just like our fate was already fucking sick. Right. It's, just, it's just like. It, it's just end time vibing, man. I'm just vibing <laughs> in the end times, yo. Like, I can't, like, I can't do shit about it. I just got a vibe, yo. What the fuck, man? I want to tell y'all something. I want to tell y'all something. I grew up my whole life thinking that, you know, in the end times, it would be, you know, this, like, there would be all these, like, celestial cosmic warnings. And, you know, like, a pale horse would come down out of the clouds or something. But we, we are literally living in the end times. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it, we ain't, it ain't it ain't it's as and it's as it's more boring than you can even imagine yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. joe biden the De- the democratic party you know like they're the horsemen man you know it's so anticlimactic you know what i mean yeah he is he is the the pale rider in there a dying man for a dying party for a dying country yeah. man that shit is awesome yeah. and he that sat upon him was called death <laughs> oh shit oh, man yeah, our fate was sealed that moment in Tahrir Square when the Green Horse of the Apocalypse <laughs> scooted across the... Do you remember that? I do, yeah. You remember that video, Aaron? <laughs> Wait, who... During the Arab Spring? <laughs> yes, yes. And they were like, oh, what was this? The Pale Rider of the Apocalypse came on the screen on CNN. That was a big... Fate, man. That was yeah, it. that... That was a bit. I think I remember like WikiLeaks <coughs> plugging that too. I think I remember WikiLeaks being one of the people that, or organizations <laughs> that or accounts that? or whatever that were like, "Look at the Bell Rider." <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was that was uh, probably just an innocuous like smudge on the lens or something. But it or it was an op designed to break my brain because for years I went around saying, "Bro, what does that look like to you?" <laughs> What if- I'd queue it up at every party. Damn, did you see that pale horse in Trier Square? <laughs> he still does. He still queues it up. I've seen it. Oh man, yo. All right, that probably about does it for this week. If you've if you haven't turned it off by this point in rage, um, yeah, because oh, Tanya's not here. Yeah. yeah, right. Like if we could have done, if we would have just had Tanya on during the moderate ass whippings from time to time, everything would have been fine. Um, I know, man. People would have been accusing me of endorsing ass whippings. <laughs> child, child abuse, <laughs> shit, man. Bro, you, 
<laughs> Unbelievable. Um, uh, she, she, I'll, yeah, I'll now go a million bucks says they're going to say we're anti-vaxxers or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, what I'm going to do? Everyone is vaxxed up and advocating yeah. for it. I'm going to go back yeah. and I'm going to take some edits of her laugh in voice and just put it in periodically and maybe people yeah. think she's here. They'll be like... Just disarm people. Right. Yeah, start to get mad and, oh, okay, she's there. It's, she's there. <laughs> uh, oh, shit, man. Um, Alright, if you want to go somewhere where Tanya is, um, go to the Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Party. Um... Uh, we had like an hour and a half episode on the Patreon this past Sunday, and it was a good one. Uh, so yeah. go check it out. Um, and yeah, five dollars per month uh, gets you a back catalog of like 160 something episodes. So go check that out. Um, Cheaper than a cup of coffee. That's that is exactly mm-hmm. right. Um, thanks for for listening, everybody. Um, anything else, guys? No, that's it. <clears throat> All right. Well, signing off. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye. Peace out.